Welcome to Twin Talk. My name is Joy, and I'm here with my sister Angie. Hello. And today we are going to do a book called My Dear Hamilton. Uh, My Dear Hamilton is a historical fiction novel by Stephanie Dray and Laura Kamoy. It relays the epic story of Eliza Schuyler Hamilton, a revolutionary woman who, like her new nation, struggled to define herself in the wake of war, betrayal, and tragedy. Haunting, moving, and beautifully written, Dre and Kamoe used thousands of letters and original sources to tell Eliza's story as it's never been told before. Not just as the wronged wife at the center of a political sex scandal, but also as a founding mother who shaped an American legacy in her own right. So right off the bat, we're going to talk about My Dear Hamilton and the... First thing that I think we need to let the listeners know is what they're in for if they do decide to read this book or listen to this book. Mm-hmm. So the book that I looked at on the internet had 652 pages. And when we looked at Audible, how many hours long is the book on Audible? It's 23 hours long. 23 mm-hmm. hours long. So if mm-hmm. you go ahead and you decide you're going to read or listen to this book, just be ready to invest some time. Mm-hmm. And because it is, it's an epic, it's an epic biography type book. Mm-hmm. And like we said, it's here we are back at historical fiction again. Um, it there are so many things that it covers. There's no way that we can hit on all the things we want to. So we're just gonna kind of just go over some of the, I guess, some of the things that really stood out to us. So Angie, what was your overall impression of the book? Um, it was it was a great book. Um, like you just mentioned, very very lengthy. Um, but to me, that was kind of a positive. It was kind of a, well, it's a pro and a con. Okay, so if you don't have a lot of time and you don't want to, you know, you don't like really lengthy books, that would be a con. But the pro is that because it was so long, they were go, they were able to go in depth. That was what I liked about it was mm-hmm. a lot of the times... I feel like a book leaves you wanting more, mm-hmm. and I wanted, once I got to know this lady, I wanted mm-hmm. to know everything there was to know about her, and I know they it's historical fiction, but they were able to give us an overall impression of who this lady was, I mm-hmm. thought, really well. It was very, very well researched. Yes. I can only imagine the hours that these ladies spent doing research and writing this book. I, I can't, can't imagine, imagine either. I probably need to look that up. I, there is no telling how much time went into scouring over the documents and letters and things like that. And the way they spoke, you know, their language is so different than ours. It's evolved yes. to such a different language today. I'm sure just the difficulty of interpreting a lot of these letters, that had to have been a, you know, a, a very hard task in itself. Yes. I think one eye-opening thing to me about this book was I guess I just had this impression of our nation's history that once um, the Revolutionary War was won and independence was won, kind of like all the problems went away and we just had this great nation. Mm -hmm. I had never put into thought how much went into creating our nation Mm -hmm. the governing system the banking system Uh, really once we won that was just the beginning Mm -hmm. of all of the problems or some of the bigger problems yes everything was being built from scratch whether it was the banking system the military um just trying to find a a pres you know who's going to be a president is he going to be more like a king or is he going to be you know right they had to decide what's what are his powers going to be is he going to have authority like a king well that's what we just Mm -hmm. escaped from and the constitution apparently there was a lot of um there was a lot of excuse you how rude (laughs) there was a lot of talk about the constitution a lot of people 
a lot of people did not agree with everything that was in the Constitution. So, um, if I can get this dog to quit yapping, I will. I don't know where he's at. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. Um, you're right. And what I didn't realize also was that Alexander Hamilton did help create the banking system and different aspects of our government. All right, let's go to the second question. Um, what did you know about Elizabeth Schuyler Hamilton before reading the book compared to what you knew about her after reading the book? Well, you had sent me these questions beforehand so I'd be prepared, and I found that really funny because I knew absolutely nothing about Elizabeth <gasps> Schuyler Hamilton. Same here. Nothing. So, um, I, I didn't even, I'd never even heard of her, to be completely honest with you. And, um... After the book, I, know, I feel like I know everything about her. <laughs> okay, same exact answer here. Here is what I knew about uh, Elizabeth Schuyler Hamilton. I knew that she was the wife of Alexander Hamilton, period. Mm -hmm. That's all I knew. Okay, so what did you know about her after reading the book? And obviously this is impossible to answer because this whole mm -hmm. epic journey, this whole book is about her life. But what are the, some of the main things that you feel like you know now that you didn't know before? Well, okay, so to begin with, she was the daughter of a very prominent general. Yes, uh, that was my so first point. Just the, because of who her father was uh, put her in these very prominent circles. You know, she, she knew, um, she was well acquainted with George Washington, Madison, Monroe. She, uh, matter of fact, I read something about uh, she knew the first, 10 presidents personally is yeah. that something i don't or maybe remember five was it five okay it was yeah, i don't know 10 she would have lived that long well she knew abraham lincoln and he was our 16th president oh that's true i forgot yeah. that they met yeah mm -hmm. no it was she knew and she lived to be almost 100 years old so she think about it there was a president every four to eight years so she knew a lot of the president yeah i guess that's true i guess yeah i guess that is possible mm -hmm. that she could have known that many mm -hmm. that that's what i wrote uh, now I know she was the daughter of a general. She came from an extremely wealthy family. They were one of the most prominent families in New York. Anything else you learned about her? Um, no, I mean, other than just all the personal things that you find out about her through the book as far as her relationships with her sisters. And then later on, you know, she does a lot of uh, charity work yeah. you know, with the uh, starting orphanages and, you know, and throughout the book, a, a big part of the book talks about how she was a sounding board for Alexander, and she even helped him write the Federalist Papers. I'm not saying come up with the thoughts, but she physically wrote them yeah, out. Yeah, she literally helped copy them. Yeah, she, um, even George Washington's farewell address, uh, you know, he, Alexander wrote that. And she kind of would give a little input here and there. Oh, oh, don't say that. Oh, yeah, maybe you should say this. Right. So she actually, and she had to be very careful about mm -hmm. her suggestions to Alexander's writing mm -hmm. because he was pretty full of himself. Or that's how mm -hmm. the book makes him. He was very confident. And he was. He was, he was very intelligent. He was mm -hmm. a genius. Uh, but when she would kind of point out, maybe you're being a little too wordy or a little oh, right. harsh. <laughs> yeah. He sometimes would take it the wrong way mm -hmm. and get a little cold with her. Um, I think one of the resounding themes uh, that 
to me that I kept picking up on through the book was what a good person she was. Yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, she, she was a saint. She, they portrayed her as a saint, mm-hmm. and I thought, oh, you know, this is kind of their take on her. But if you look at the facts, we know she was a good person. She married Alexander Hamilton despite the fact that he was illegitimate. And, you know, back mm-hmm. then that was a huge deal. A lady, someone who came from a really good family would not marry into a family that didn't have he didn't have money he had a questionable background uh, but mm-hmm. she married him anyway because she loved him uh, that's another thing I put uh, oh and that she did uh, she was a philanthropist and that she that she did um, co-found and she was the deputy director of the first private orphanage in New York City so mm-hmm. she did a lot of things to help people mm-hmm. and I also put what you just said um, she was what's so cool about her it's just uh, people that she rubbed elbows with every day. Um, she was well acquainted with Georgia Martha Washington, James Madison, James Monroe, Thomas Jefferson, Dolly Madison, mm-hmm. Benedict Arnold. I mean, the list just goes mm-hmm. on and on. These are people who she knew well, mm-hmm. who were at her dinner dinner table often, and these are just her acquaintances, friends. She had a front row seat to the in the Revolutionary War. Yes, she mm-hmm. had a front row seat, and not only that, like you said, she discussed these matters with her husband, and she was a big influence on him. And so, actually, some of the founding of our country, some of the principles, some of the things that happened were her doing. Yeah. I, I feel like she was a silent player in during the Revolutionary War and in, in the founding of our country. Yes. You know, what is it they say behind every good man is a good, a good woman. woman and I, so, yeah. this is a totally this is a great example of that mm-hmm. and this what that's what i like about this book she's finally getting the due that she deserves she played a big role in our in our behind the scenes roles in the mm-hmm. founding of our nation yes here's another thing that i that i feel like was a attribute to her um but you know despite her being betrayed by her husband she support, she supported him publicly until her death Mm-hmm. Um, she made sure that all of he had thousands of documents and papers that he had written. She worked tirelessly to make sure that those documents survived. When other mm-hmm. people wanted to see those documents burned and destroyed forever, and there's and I'm not going to go into it in full detail in case people are going to read the book. But she had to go through a big, huge. I don't know what you call it. Ordeal. Ordeal just just to save his documents Mm -hmm. and and try to get a book written about him. And just, she basically saved all these historical documents. If it weren't for her, they would have been destroyed, you know, at the time of his death probably. And and the book was really good to point out that even though she had all this inner turmoil within her about questioning his love for her and what type of person was he really, she transcended that and said, you know what, it's more important what he's done to the country more than what he's for the country more than what he's done to me personally. Exactly. And that was her mission to preserve, you know, his life. And I'm so glad she did because he does, he does deserve that. You know, everyone's right. flawed. We all have our flaws and he may have had more than others, but he, yes, he deserves to be, uh, his deeds deserve to be known. Yes. And we're going to talk about that in a minute, but um, yeah, I believe that shows really high character that mm-hmm. she could put the betrayal aside how betrayed she felt with a, it's a few things that happened that we're going to talk about in a little bit mm-hmm. and look at the greater good and say, you know, despite what he's done to, to my family and me, mm-hmm. what he's done for this country must be remembered because, and we're not even going to get into everything he did for the country, but mm-hmm. we know he helped create the ba- 
ranking system. Mm-hmm. He helped. Uh, he had his input on how the government should be run. He had his hands in many, many aspects of things we even experience today. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, third question. What was the most shocking or surprising thing to you about the book? Okay, well, there were many. Yeah, <laughs> but, there were quite a few things in there. I went, what? So, <laughs> I don't know about you, but, okay, so all through the book, they, they you know, she has a very close relationship with her sisters, Peggy and Angelica. But it's also very obvious that he had a close relationship with her sister, Angelica. Mm-hmm. And all through the book... It was as if Betsy, we'll call her Betsy, um, since that was her nickname, she was just very, um, almost oblivious, like, oh, there's, you know, my sister just loves my husband, and it's so funny how they flirt. Yeah, it almost seemed like she was oblivious, but she Mm -hmm. was so kind-hearted, she couldn't see it in her heart that anyone would... Yes, that's the impression I got, was that she she could not discern or see anything... um, she couldn't see anything evil, evil in anyone else or, I think, or she was bad such a intentions good in someone she loved because she was such a good person. But so that to me was the most shocking thing was that at the end of Angelica's life, Betsy has reason to believe that Angelica and her husband, Alexander, may have had an affair. Okay, that was also what I put. Mm-hmm. One of the most shocking things to me was once Alexander Hamilton died and then once Angelica died... She found, what, was it a, a few letters? Oh, Angelica had kept, um, no, he, had he kept a lock of her hair? I can't remember now. Or vice versa, and, but, but, um, you know, he had a garter, which would have been a very private thing to have from, yes. from a lady, and it was wrapped around letters from her. Right, and, and she thinks it was Angelica's garter. Yes, yeah. Right, and that's what I put, that, and here's what gets me. Elizabeth loved Angelica almost Mm. to the point of worship. She loved her. Mm -hmm. She always bragged she's so beautiful and cultured and smart. And she she even named her daughter, her baby daughter, after Angelica. And that's what hurts so much is how much she loved her sister and her husband. And we don't have proof that they had an affair. But it sure, sure looks, looks fishy. Like it. <laughs> it sure yeah. looks fishy. Yeah. yeah. And and her sister was estranged at the time that this supposedly happened. Not not estranged so much as she her husband was in, in England and she was across the ocean from her husband and, and they may have actually been separated a little. And while I was doing I uh, some research on this book besides the actual book, it seemed like every time I turned around, they're like, well, this wasn't a letter from Alexander to Angelica. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, we found this information in a letter from um, Ale- I'm sorry, Angelica to Alexander. It's like mm-hmm. they were always writing letters back mm-hmm. and forth. And I don't know how common that was for a brother-in-law and sister-in-law to be writing yeah, letters back and forth. Yeah, I thought it was forth. odd. And maybe- I just found it a little inappropriate, but maybe back then it was okay. Yeah, you know, I guess it's kind of like texting today. That's why, you know, maybe that was just so common for them. But it does seem odd that they wrote so many letters to each other. It did seem odd. But we do know that mm-hmm. men were always attracted to Angelica. She was always, quote, unquote, the belle of the ball. Mm-hmm. Everything I've ever read about her in the book and outside the book always talked about how beautiful, how knowledgeable, mm-hmm. how she could carry on a conversation mm-hmm. about anything, how men were just enamored by her. Mm-hmm. While Elizabeth was, was a little bit more homely ordinary mm-hmm. agreeable agreeable <laughs> men were not attracted to elizabeth mm-hmm. like they were angelica right another thing that kind of uh that i just didn't know it wasn't shocking i did not realize that alexander and elizabeth hamilton were really good friends with the burrs 
that mm. they spent a lot of time together, uh, and I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And another thing I didn't know was that the soldiers who fought for independence weren't being paid. And so, oh, I, I did know that. Okay, yeah. that was so sad. I mean, yeah. they're suffering. They actually march upon Congress mm-hmm. and hold Alexander Hamilton mm-hmm. at, at gunpoint, mm-hmm. uh, w- along with a few other congressmen. And Alexander Hamilton, to his credit, he had tried mm-hmm. to get them paid. Mm-hmm. He had tried to make peace. He had done everything he could do to persuade Congress to get them some money. He even was trying to come up with ways to raise the money. Yeah, he was the one being held at gunpoint saying, get us our money. Well, see, and that issue came up during the Revolutionary War with George Washington. And so many times it wasn't, it was, what well, was several things. They didn't have food or clothing and they weren't getting paid. So that just shows you the enormity of the the obstacles they were facing, you know, and the fact that they even kept these the army together at all was a miracle yeah, that's what gets yeah. me is how these men even stayed through mm-hmm. to the end when they, they were suffering so much yes. and were not getting paid yeah and i have not done the research but i just wonder if they ever got paid um you know i don't know that's a good question and here's another know. good thing about alexander hamilton he gave up his soldiers pay during mm-hmm. the war uh just to show hey uh i'm gonna give up my soldiers pay i'm gonna sacrifice he didn't expect others to do it but he did give up his pay mm-hmm all right, so, okay, this t- rating system, we're just going to call it. Oh, could it- I just mention oh, yeah, one more ahead. thing? Uh, so, you know, just one more thing that surprised me. And honestly, I, I'm, I'm going to admit something here. It's kind of embarrassing, but I knew nothing about Thomas Jefferson. Right. And the way they portray him in this book is that he was one despicable dude. Yeah, they, yeah. they do not write favorably mm. about him at all. He was mm. actually... Uh, an enemy of Alexander Hamilton. Yeah. I, don't, I think they hated each other. So that was interesting to me. And, and I'm a type of person, like, I always think there's two sides of the story. And I know there's probably people listening that's like, oh, my gosh, if you only knew everything he did, you know, right. maybe. But I would still like to hear maybe some positive things that he did. But they made it sound like he was just an enemy, of not only of Alexander, but of the country. Yes. That he just had no morals whatsoever. So, And then um, also the, only, the last thing I was going to say was, um, you know, you talked about, you thought after the the war was over that everything was just okay, but this book was a reminder to me of how unstable and fragile our country was shortly after its formation. Right, and yeah, that was that really hit home with just um, you know things were not hunky dory. Things were not good afterwards. Right. There, there was still a lot of turmoil that I think a lot of people probably don't realize. Right, and and speaking of how poorly they spoke of Thomas Jefferson, they made Washington sound like a hero which he was yeah they really spoke about him in a good light mm-hmm. and they made him sound like he was a father figure to alexander hamilton so right. i thought that was pretty cool yeah they thought very highly of washington yeah. so how many stars and stripes we're going to do stars and stripes for our rating today how many stars and stripes would you give this book well i just keep thinking about these two poor women who wrote this book mm-hmm. and I mean, that was a phenomenal effort for these ladies. And so, I, I mean, I can't not give them a five just for the the research and the, the depth and the, the the enormity of the task. I mean, I see why they call it an epic biography. Yes. So, and why it took two people. Yes. <laughs> I can't even imagine. I can't imagine two yeah, it was one person it trying to do so that. It was so well written. Trust me, there's no other book on earth that if I knew I was going to spend 23 hours of my life 
this would be the one I would read. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was so a five. So okay. So I feel kind of bad for giving. I'm mm-hmm. going to give it four and a half stars mm-hmm. and stripes. It, it is a phenomenal book. Mm-hmm. I love the book. But once again, I, I, I want to make my fives just have to be life changing. Mm-hmm. So I'm giving it a four and a half. But it is amazing. I, I just. I can't say enough good things about it. Mm-hmm. All right. To end up, uh, we're going to round off things here with some trivia. There's only, I think I only have five questions. Only five? Only five. It was oh. pretty hard to find a lot of trivia mm-hmm. that just wasn't in the book. And so I ended up having to just go back to the book and make some questions of my own. But mm-hmm. all right. And as we've been talking, you've already answered two of the trivia questions oh. unknowingly. Wow. So Elizabeth Schuyler had two nicknames. Can you oh. name them? And you've already said one of them. Oh, so Betsy was one of them. I should know this. Was it Lizzie? Eliza. Oh, Eliza. Yeah. Well, I should know that because isn't there a book called My Dear Eliza? Yeah. Um, or something like that. I Eliza or I, I, I yeah it's just yeah I, I should have done that so Eliza and right. Betsy so okay. yeah Betsy and Eliza how many children did Elizabeth and Alexander have together I, I think they had eight yes they had mm-hmm. eight which mm-hmm. child was killed in a duel okay that was their oldest son Philip right yes okay. it was the oldest son Philip and that we didn't that was bring such a, a sad part of the book okay yeah we did not bring this up all ago but yeah they had a son named Philip who got killed in a duel mm-hmm. and I think that was. I should have added this to my surprising, shocking, knowing that not... Okay, so I know, we all know that Alexander Hamilton got killed in a duel with uh, Aaron Burr. Mm -hmm. I did not know that they already had a son who Mm -hmm. had been killed in a duel. So here's what's surprising or shocking to me, is that Alexander Hamilton, knowing his wife has already lost a son in a duel... Mm-hmm. It's going to go ahead and go into a duel knowing mm-hmm. he could die, and he doesn't even tell her. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even warn her, hey, I've got this duel, I'm going. Did, did he even leave a note? I can't remember. I, it seems like he left a note, but it was so vague, she said it. She felt like he just kind of left it in pass, like a, just as a second, not even giving it a second right. thought. Right. It does seem like there was yeah. a note, but it was very vague. Yeah, it, it just, it, it didn't really answer. Like, she's, of course, she's searching for questions. Yes. Like, why did answers. you do this? Mm-hmm. Or, I'm sorry, answers. Why did you do this? And, I, and it seems like she said she did find a note, but it didn't. There wasn't anything that really answered the question. Explain anything. So I know that back then, and well, even today, honor was a huge thing Mm -hmm. among the men. But you've already lost your son, and Mm -hmm. you're going to do this to your wife, and possibly... And he was opposed to duels anyway. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. and everything I've ever read about it says Mm -hmm. all he had to do was issue an apology. Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm sorry for what I said. You took the wrong way. Basically, Mm -hmm. they said that's all it would have taken was an apology to get himself out of that duel. So Eliza suffered a lot. She had a few miscarriages. She lost her father and Peggy, her sister, and her son, and her mother, I think, all within mm-hmm. a short time span. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, her husband died. All mm-hmm. right, the next question. Elizabeth said, she was always my ideal of a true woman. That is a specific quote from Elizabeth. Do you know who she was referring to? I, I think Martha Washington. Yes, okay. it was Martha Washington was kind of her... That's yeah, who she looked her up role to, model. her role yeah. model, and they did spend a lot of time together. Martha sounded like a classy woman. She sounded, she yeah, the book, the way they portrayed her, and the things that she did. Martha Washington was always knitting and sewing and doing mm-hmm. things for the soldiers, helping be a nurse. I totally got the impression that she never put herself on a pedestal or thought she was above anyone. Yes. She seemed very humble and kind. 
right. down to earth. She seemed like a very mm-hmm. down to earth when she could have been totally opposite mm-hmm. because of the you know how prestigious her husband was mm-hmm. and all the fame and everything. But her and George both took their roles with great humility. Yes, they really did. All right. Um, last question: How old was Elizabeth when she died? I think she was 97. She was 97. Yeah. And now that I think she about it, how many life. presidents earlier did you say that she had? I thought it said that she personally knew t- it, at least 10 presidents. Or did you say 16? Well, no, I said Abraham Lincoln was the 16th president, oh, which right. would, which shows you that she was alive even up through the 16th, 16th president, president, if and not And she more. was alive with Washington, so right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that makes sense. If she lived to be 97, mm-hmm. she could have known a lot of the presidents. Mm-hmm. And even by today's standards, that's all. Oh, that is a lot. Yeah. So she did live a long time. All right. Do you have any final thoughts about the book or anything? Last thing well, you want to say? Uh, yeah, I wrote a couple of things down, and it's funny because you kind of hit on one of the things I was going to say. Uh, but the one thing I noticed in the book was that it didn't matter what side of the aisle you were on and who you were. Everyone respected George Washington. Mm-hmm. I mean, they even tried to get him to stay on as president, even past his two terms. You know, and he, like a gentleman that he was, he bowed out and said no. You know, we're not going to become like a monarchy here. That's the defeating the purpose. I think that's the number one thing I respect him for. Mm -hmm. He did not abuse his power. You're Mm -hmm. exactly right. It's like, hello, that's why Mm -hmm. we're doing this. That's why we're having Mm -hmm. term limits. We don't want this country Mm -hmm. to have a king or, Mm -hmm. you know, a monarchy. I think he was very hesitant to even take, to even, to be the first president. Yes, I I believe he was. He, He didn't feel in any way that it was, you know, oh, it was his right to have that position exactly that's Um, that's why i respect him so much mm -hmm. it's like no this is what we're trying to avoid Mm -hmm. we don't want one person in power for 50 years we need Mm -hmm. change and we need it to be fair and equal and they kept mentioning that you know uh, when john adams became the next president um you know, everyone was kind of the same sentiment that, oh, well, no one can replace <laughs> I'm Washington. I'm sorry, we were laughing because we both looked at each other and said, wait, was John Adams the second president? <laughs> if I just, I think he was, I'm, I'm almost it positive he was. Right. We'll yeah, we'll go with that. We're, this is um, sad that we're not sure. You know, my history teacher right now is rolling over in his grave. That's all I can say. You know, at one time I knew who the presidents were, at least the first five anyway. I'm ashamed of myself. But anyway. It's okay. I was just laughing because um, we both looked at each other and went, wait. I'm pretty sure it was John one? Adams. But anyway, but my, my point is, regardless of who it was, I remember no one felt like no matter who they elected, they felt like he was never going to be able to, to replace George right. Washington. It's such big shoes to fill. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing I was going to say was, we, which we've discussed this a lot, was how fragile the country was during its birth. And it's funny how it's still fragile today. Right. Um, you know, we live in a time where it's very fragile. And I think no matter how long we live, there's going to be competing ideals of how this country should be run. And, you know, you've always got two opposing views, and which always, I, always. So you know, it's it's we live in a very fragile uh, democracy, and but books like this inspire me to keep fighting for right. uh, what what I think is right. I think it's interesting with mm-hmm. all that our country's going through today. Some mm-hmm. of the same exact fears that are expressed mm-hmm. in the book are almost word for word the same exact fears mm-hmm. expressed today. One thing that was interesting was that. Uh, in one part of the book, uh, Alexander Hamilton says, well, he's talking to Elizabeth, and he says, 
well, George Washington thinks this new government that we're drawing up and trying to get ratified and all this, he thinks it might last about 20 years. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Yes. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and, and Elizabeth mm-hmm. was like, 20 years. Okay, well, it's long enough for our kids to, to be grow grown. Up. Uh-huh. And, and even today, I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. if our country even, even could hold it together for another 20 years, mm-hmm. my daughter could grow up and get married. And it's funny that it mirrors mm-hmm. the same. And then, and then Alexander Hamilton said, if we don't get this government and this constitution ratified, we're going to have anarchy in the streets. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be like a desert. I mean, mm-hmm. everything he was saying is exactly what I'm hearing today. If we don't get mm-hmm. our act together, if our government doesn't get its act together, mm-hmm. it's going to be anarchy. It's yeah. just we're we're hearing the same things that we heard at the beginning. And I know this is kind of weird, but it almost brought me peace. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh. So it's been like this. This is nothing new. This is nothing new. (laughs) Right. It's been going on throughout the beginning of our Mm -hmm. history all the way to today. It's always going to be this way. No, I agree with you. I hate to be the pessimist, but we're always going to have fear and uncertainty. I I agree with you because, you know, because we grew up in, you know, our teenage years were spent primarily in the 80s. And then as young adults, we were in the 90s. That were some of the most prosperous times in our country. So it's really hard when you grow up seeing of course, there was the Gulf War and things like that. But I'm just saying that... As far as us feeling fear... It's feeling safe and, and not, you know... Yeah, feeling like our country's united. Yes. I don't um, remember ever growing up. I don't yes. ever remember feeling scared. Maybe during yeah. the Cold War, there was a little talk about nu- the nuclear threat. Mm-hmm. And I remember being a little bit scared about the nuclear mm-hmm. threat. Um, but I don't remember a time. I know what you're saying, though. It is, it's kind of odd to say, but there is a little bit of comfort of knowing that our country's always been in turmoil. <laughs> yeah. But we're still the greatest country there is on earth. Uh, you, we are. You'll never convince That's me otherwise. That's why people are literally mm-hmm. taking their lives in their own hands to flee from places like mm-hmm. Cuba, Venezuela, mm-hmm. uh, some of these other countries. You don't, like they said, you don't see people fleeing our mm-hmm. country trying to get to other countries. But some of the greatest thinkers who wrote our Constitution and... You know, our government is so unique in how we have the checks and balances, and we have prospered because of it. And so, you know, I just pray that, that as capitalism. a... Yeah, and I just pray <laughs> yes. that as a country that we don't screw it up. <laughs> uh, we have a good thing going here. Yeah. Don't mess it up. Mm-hmm. And just be thankful for what we have. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So I think to recap... We both really love the book, My mm-hmm. Dear Hamilton. The, it's the story of the life of Elizabeth Schuyler Hamilton. And we learned more than we could ever dream of mm-hmm. about the history of the founding of our nation. And we both highly recommend the book. But you have to be ready to invest some time mm-hmm. if you're going to read or listen to the book. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's everything. Uh, I guess we will see you next time on Twin, Twin Talk. Talk.